Welcome to A Moment with Modern Mentors, a podcast series by Digital Collective Co, where we soak up wisdom, anecdotes, and actionable tips from Australian startups, female founders, business leaders, industry pioneers, and C-suite executives. But I always had a real desire to go into this web design development world. So over time, that agency sort of shifted its focus from offering marketing type services, very traditional, to more digital type services. That went okay. And after a while, the owner and and I sort of sat down and got, geez, you know, we've got Melbourne going, we've got Vinigo going, it's probably time to separate. He was really kind. I ended up basically just taking over the Bendigo part. The only thing I couldn't have was the name. And that's how Rock started. This week, I'm interviewing Peter Lodewicz. He is the CEO and founder of Rock Creative, a Bendigo-based e-commerce agency that we've been working with for the last six to nine months. They are a specialist in headless technology. This is a really interesting and fascinating new space in the e-commerce area. And we find out all about what makes Rock Creative experts in their field here. Headless is quite a complex space to get into, but simple in actually its practice. So he today in this interview, he unveils and demystifies headless technology. It's a really interesting chat and one that I can't wait for you to listen to. You're founder of RARC. Could you give us a quick summary of how you came about launching RARC and why? I've got a marketing degree originally, but I never really worked in marketing. I ended up in finance and particularly hotel finance. And that sets you on a path and a career in the hotel world. And that took me all over the world, to be honest. Eventually, I landed in Australia. And after a while, I became really sick of hotels. They're sort of all-consuming environments. They're great when you're young. When mm-hmm. you get older, they, they sort of wear you down a bit. So it was time to move on. And I ended up here in Bendigo after stops from Amsterdam to London to Paris to Sydney to Melbourne. It ended up being Bendigo, which is quite interesting because my wife's from here or around here and started to first work in livestock. But again, in finance, I ended in legal, managing a practice. And through that, I actually got involved with football as in AFL football. And through AFL football, I met a lot of people. And, and one of them was a guy who was managing or owner of an agency in Melbourne. And we got along really well, really nice guy, still a really good friend of mine, although we don't speak a lot. I really enjoy speaking to him and learning from him. He's a very successful guy. And he sort of said, oh, come work with me in the agency world. Wow, this is cool. And we did, and I really loved it. But I was traveling from Bendigo to Melbourne twice a week, staying over in Melbourne. And after a while, that becomes quite a job in itself. So we decided to grow into the region. We saw the opportunity to offer their services into the into regional VIC. So we opened up an office here in, in Bendigo, which originally was really a marketing type agency, but I always had a real desire to go into this web design development world. So over time, that agency sort of shifted its focus from you know, offering marketing type services, very traditional, to more digital type services. That went okay. And after a while, the owner and, and I sort of sat down and got, geez, you know, we've got Melbourne going, we've got Bendigo going, it's probably time to separate. He was really kind. I ended up basically just taking over the Bendigo part. The only thing I couldn't have was the name. Yeah. And that's how Rock started. It yeah, was really right. just me with one uh, account manager. And from that journey, I was, I think, back in 2014, yeah. 15 It went really quick, to be honest. We shifted. It took some time to find our feet. Like, what are we really good at? That really was through learning. And initially it was design. We ended up doing some really cool branding work, 
which then roll into digital work. So we got known for certain aesthetic. And then we started adding web development staff and eventually, yeah, we ended up recruiting Nathan. And I think that was sort of a, a, a turning point in, in the business. Yeah, we were very sort of, you know, that traditional web type focused. And through Nathan and his skill set, we, we ended up in a, in a completely different world that was really now or even the future. And that set us on a trajectory of, okay, let's, let, we, I think we found our niche. We found our spot. We can combine really good technical knowledge with really beautiful design work. You know, if there is associated branding or other services, great, but we really hone in on, you know, we will create really nice digital experiences online. Mm. And that's what we started doing. You know how that goes. One client becomes two, becomes four, and we've done everything organically. So no, no investments or investors or anything like that. I was really keen to have this agency with this Dutch flavor. Mm. Yeah, was there for the long term, so not the quick. Let's get really big, really quick. But you know, let's just do this organically and see where we, where we end up. And here we are. I was going to ask you about your Dutch heritage and how that comes across in in the Rock brand or the Rock business. Yes, it's funny. The guys, they remind me a lot. The Dutch way is probably very direct. <laughs> I always compare it to queuing for the bus. You know, in, in England, they queue for the bus and everybody bravely stands there and you know, waits for their turn. I guess the European or Dutch way is, well, now I get on the bus no, no, no matter what. <laughs> the bus is there, I jump on. So it's, it's fairly direct. Sometimes when people call it arrogant. I don't think it is, but it may come across like that. It can be a little bit cold at times because it is so uh, short. The guys, they send me my Slack messages and generally it's two words. <laughs> yes, no, maybe, we should, or no, yeah, that sort of thing. I, I'm not into bluff, so to speak. Very early on, I said to the guys, this business is all about simplicity. Everything has to be simple. The way we speak to people, the way we behave, the solutions we offer. I'm not into, although I can understand all the academic stuff around you know, offering services. I don't think really that's relevant. What's relevant is what you do and the solutions you offer. And you make that really simple. Now, a lot of people say that. A lot of people can actually do that. And I think they're sort of the Dutch things that come through. Sort of this, we call it nuchter, which is, uh, I guess, a really sort of relaxed view on, okay, well, what's the problem? Let's mm-hmm. fix it. Roll up your sleeves and get it done without any of the fluff and what comes with that. You're um, practical. It's a practical response. Yeah, very practical one of our clients said it really nicely once. He said, you guys have an ability to simplify the most complex things really quickly. I guess that's what the intent all along was. Less is more kind of thing uh, in everything. And the same with our people. So we expect that. And what's the response from kind of clients? Is that something that you feel that you end up with a client that really likes that type of style? I think so. Obviously, with clients, there is a match if there is no match then no matter how good you are it's not gonna it's not really going to work mm. and i mean this might be a little bit of the dutch arrogance but i'm not here to match the client i'm here to deliver a service in our way you know, we think it's a good way and uh you know the clients we do have feel it's a good way mm. um, but if a client might think oh geez these guys are you know they're so direct i can't handle this then <laughs> Okay, like I, I can't, I'm not a chameleon. I can't change that bit. Um, mm. Some people may call it a weakness. We say that, but it's a strength. This is the way we do things. Jump on board and it's going to be really good. Vice versa, if, you, if you're afraid of us telling you that, you know, some ideas are maybe not that good, um, 
and we will say that <laughs> uh, in, in, in a very short sentence, then we're probably not the match. Initially, that's really hard because you don't have hundreds of clients. And we have had clients where there was no match. And you, mm. you quickly sense that and you whatever you do, and it becomes like, oh, no, that person again, right? <laughs> you don't want to be there, not for yourself, nor for the client. So I think we have found that spot and we, we're, we're attracting those type of people through our initial conversations around, okay, well, do we match? And if we do, we have some wonderful experiences and, and people, yeah, we do some great work. And I mean, naturally, I think your style attracts a, a customer that wants that kind of approach. And then obviously you have told me in the past that you've kind of elongated relationships beyond just a launch. And what you end up doing is having quite a long-term relationship with the client and helping them in an ongoing way with their website. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? part of the business too? Yeah, very early on, I thought and I always looked at businesses, you know, the website was always that thing they also did. And some, you know, did it and then, you know, oh, okay, well, it's there. But it wasn't really part of the business. It was sort of this thing. And most of it was like a brochure, really, or it was like a token shop or something like that. I always thought like, I don't understand this world's going online at a rapid pace. And people still spend a lot of money decking out an office or you know, a beautiful mm. vaping area, but they have a shitty website. I don't get it, especially in the early years. I, I always thought that and you know, before where we are now. Conversations were always around the site's the first thing you see, yet you're not investing in it. That was the first thing. The second thing was always around what can this thing do in the whole business? So a lot of people come to us for a website. And they end up walking away with something that is much bigger than that because it has so much opportunity in achieving efficiencies around the whole business. Um, mm. And I'm, I'm not talking cost savings or whatever, I'm, I'm talking achieving efficiencies and then reapplying those elsewhere in the business that really can accelerate growth. So not so much, you know, throwing in $100,000 and go, oh, look, we're growing. And then I throw that in and see what efficiencies you can get that then result in growing in other spaces and places. Those conversations generally start when you're going, you can get to that relationship spot. Then you can start talking about that. If you are engaged to deliver a product, naturally there is that barrier of, well, I'm not going to tell you. You're, like, you're, you're the business owner, right? <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in a relationship, then you're more than happy to you know, work with people to help them along. And I think over time we have seen with our clients a shift from being engaged to deliver a particular piece to be part of the journey instead. Yeah, and being kind of hands-on in the business, especially you and the whole team, you're seeing the opportunities right there in front of you. And through that process, you've kind of started to specialise in agile growth partnerships. Do you want to talk a bit about that? Yes. Early experiences sort of shown us that you get caught in that scope creep space because on the one side, you see the bunch of creative people business savvy people that go like, oh, we can do something really cool here. Or on the other side, generally a team that are watching the budget. <laughs> so there was always this, okay, well, you know, you've got this set of budget, you need to deliver this and that's it. But as you then go, you know, you come up with ideas and people on, you know, on the client side come up with ideas. It was always difficult to go like, oh, look, that, that's not part of the scope. <laughs> you know, that's going to cost more. <laughs> and, and that cost more discussion is a horrible one both ways. You're no longer talking about what it can do. You're talking to, to someone about, oh, well, you know, it's going to cost another $2,000 or $5,000. Oh, you know, can we do this? Can't we do that? We started 
I guess, looking for a, what's a better way? Mm. What's a way where, one, we get this website out of the way, this thing that they came for in the first place, and what is then a good way to go, like, how can we help you make this thing work for you? Mm. And that's through another partner of ours who have a system. I guess we've modified that system, so to speak, to suit us, basically. And that's how we got to uh, an agile partnership where we deliver the initial, but we focus on the future. Mm. And we want to do that initial really quick so we can get some really good results quickly and then you know, build that trust and build that relationship on which we can then build and help them grow or whatever the objectives are. That then turns into no longer a discussion around what it's going to cost. It's always about what it's going to do and is it worth doing. Mm. There's a completely flip of the coin, I guess. Yeah. Um, and then it's completely driven by the client. And I guess because you've been able to enable them having their quick win realised quickly with the website build, then they can see the new revenue potential and grow that and then obviously spending to keep enhancing is, is easier on the yes. back pocket when there's the revenue coming in, the conversion rates increased, you can see real change happening because of the initial project that you've briefed and then Correct. the Agile Growth Partnership just is yes. ongoing, how to keep yes. tweaking. Yes, we hand over the pace of any iteration or modification or you know whatever you want to do with that site or that stack or whatever it is, completely in the hands of the client. So we can go as fast as you like, mm. we can go as slow as you like, you yeah. can go fast, slow, 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 fast, whichever way <laughs> works for you. Work to a budget. So if you've got a limited budget Correct. or limited. Or seasonal, you know, with my finance background, I understand cash flows and balance sheets and mm. how things work from that perspective. So do it whichever way suits rather than having this, you know, large investment up front hopefully something will work a lot of it is based on really internal knowledge not client not like their client knowledge mm. so, you know, i think we should be doing this or i think we should have a page like that no 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 what do your clients think <laughs> what do they, how do they interact you don't know that mm. <laughs> you're just doing gut feel stuff here <laughs> um so we say like yeah that's all good um and let's start there but then learn and see how people actually behave and iterate that so eventually you get something that they want not what you thought and if you thought and they want is the same great you're very smart um, <laughs> but it, it doesn't happen happen quite often we go oh wow is that what they're doing <laughs> like what yeah cool yeah and then you know, we change it and iterate and keep, keep getting better and better You've started specialising in a very hot area at the moment, which is headless. Do you want yeah. to talk a little bit about headless and, and demystify what is a little bit, still a bit mysterious to a lot of people in the business? It is funny, isn't it? <laughs> and this headless thing really, we jumped on that and it's really because of Nathan's technical ability in that space. He was already very well versed in the whole API building space and he understood that well before most so I said to him, okay, mate, <laughs> let's go. Traditionally, I think most agencies, you know, whether in that WordPress, WooCommerce, that open source type stuff, monolithic type systems where, you know, the whole lot loads at once, you know, used to work a couple of years ago. For us, it always threw up problems because as you grow and as you attract more demanding clients from, you know, a performance perspective, you will find that those type of systems, they have their limitations. When Headless started popping up, where you have an ability to separate backend data and databases and all that sort of stuff to the front end, what people actually see, and make that work really smoothly, 
and fast, I thought, wow, you know, this, is, this is where we need to be. Two reasons. The world's your oyster from a visual perspective. And because we're so aesthetically driven and visually driven, it's like, okay, all this responsive stuff in the past with websites going from desktop to mobile or tablets and worked, but it was never wow. Where now we can go, no, 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 no. We have a desktop version. We have a mobile version. We have a whatever, you know, mm. it gives us all that flexibility that plus the speed of it. You're really finding a way to serve stuff quickly and serve what people actually interact with, not everything. So in a nutshell, separating the front from the back and then integrating with all the other business systems that may be around, which was always a problem, was possible, but it required a lot and it made it very slow. So all those issues were overcome. So for us as a business where, one, we have not looked at the website in itself, but as a whole, two, you know, design uh, driven. So aesthetically, it suddenly it was like, oh, we can do that. Mm. No problem. Great. And three, just the the whole the speed of being able to let people interact with it. Like, okay, this is and, what we're going to do. And you've got a lot of opportunity to integrate a wide tech stack. So all of the new technology coming out, all the APIs, it's limitless to what you can do, right? Yeah, limitless is <laughs> so you do it. But <laughs> yes, uh, in essence, yes. The stack in itself now, you know, whenever there is a REST API access, like don't get me on the technical stuff because I'm actually not really good with that. I understand the, the bigger picture, yeah, especially with this shift from legacy systems, you know, people owning stuff to subscribing to stuff. So, you know, the SaaS type world, it has opened up all these services that you can interact with and that can add value to the whole without having to make huge investment in software or hardware to make all that run like we used to. That makes so much possible. And not everyone's there yet. I don't fully comprehend what can happen. So having that ability to pull in inventory systems and PIMs and even install retail systems or you know, obviously marketing type systems, automation type systems, and everything interacting as it should with you know almost one source of truth is like, wow, <laughs> like no more spreadsheets and lines and all that sort of stuff <laughs> to, to see what people are doing your customer service type systems. You see so much excitement around the business when they start to really implement some of this stuff, you know, whether it's automation, chats, all you see it all over the internet now, but mm. having the ability to kind of understand it, you have a really good set of partners that you can rely on and trust to deliver some of these services is critical. And I think that's where we're at at the moment. And what are some of those exciting tech apps that you're really kind of as a rock business really aligning with? Are there specific tech or in the stack that you really align with? We've looked around a lot and there is a number of, I guess, I don't know whether you call them big players or, but yeah, they, 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 they pop up everywhere and that's for a reason. Because <laughs> they're good, right? <laughs> We've sort of worked out our stack and our, you know, sort of two preferred type services within each type of element of that stack. So within the CMS world, we were very early in Australia to start with Storyblock as a headless CMS. We like that one. And on the other side, probably on a higher level is Prismic. There's some others that we've worked with that are also very good, but those two seem to be our go-tos. In the e-commerce space, and we, obviously we, we love the commerce for a number of reasons. We are very early on, so wow, we can do so much. Um, plus they're a fantastic bunch of people to work with. So the e-commerce module, we're pretty much set on e-commerce, though we have 
uh, experience and ability to do others. Yeah, we always sort of compare it to, okay, what do we get here? If the others turn out to be better for the client, then that's where we go. But to be honest, haven't seen that a lot yet. In the marketing space, there's so much. We're HubSpot partners. We like that, but it's not for everyone. We partner with Clavio, Yopo now in the review and the loyalty type world. One that I really like and only came across through you the other day, to be honest. Mm. I'd sort of it popped up on the radar at some point and I went, oh, I'll look at that at some point. And then uh, you mentioned it, so I did, and I really like that. It, they've overcome a lot of, I guess, frustrations in the uh, in the final part of a e-commerce transaction and just making that really quick. We have a number of sort of beauty-type clients in that sort of beauty space, and I can imagine, you know, I want that one, you mm. know, a reorder or whatever, click, 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 gun. You know, that, that part is like, wow, you know, that's so good. Like, why hasn't anyone thought of that? Um, it's always like that. So that's, that's one I really like. And tell us about some of your, you know, these clients who are starting to get a hold of and excited by headless solutions. Initially, they're not excited. <laughs> they're, they're excited about the prospect because they're coming from an open source, it's all for free world. Yeah. So I'm moving them from, yeah, okay, well, that was great, but these services all come at a price. You know, it's no longer free. Mm. But you get all this stuff. And obviously the biggest thing for me is always the security part of a lot of services. But getting them on the journey from understanding of, let's say you come from a WordPress, we call my type thing where, you know, your biggest cost was getting it done and your ongoing cost is hosting to subscribing to a lot of products. In the old days, you might have, you know, bought some plugins or whatever and, you know, got stuff working. And it worked to suddenly shift from, oh, geez, now we've got to pay all these services month by month. So the excitement levels are generally like, whoa, <laughs> um, you know, this, this is not what we thought, but let's keep talking. When you then end up talking about what it does for a business and whether you know, the, it's not so much the investment, but it's about what would happen if they don't do it. Mm. Because really the old stuff won't keep up with you anymore if you decide to not do that. What effect will that have on your business? And then quickly, it you know, becomes a completely different discussion. But then they do get excited. There's a, generally then we have the solution. It then is about, okay, how quickly? And you've got quite a lot of clients in the beauty space yeah. like you were mentioning before. You know, obviously Headless allows them to have that a, a much more creative, less templatized presence online. Do you want to talk about some of the experiences of launching stores for particularly in the beauty brand, you know, the creative license it gives them? Yes. A lot of them come from that template world or they've been looking at that template world when they quickly figure out, geez, you know, that's okay, but one size fits all is not for everyone. And they always want something unique for themselves, mm. <laughs> right? The modifying templates and all that sort of stuff was never our caper. We always thought like, what a waste of time. You may as well build it from scratch, do it exactly the way you want it. So mm -hmm. even in the old days, we did that. We never went template. We always bought, you know, we always created our own theme, so to speak. What we now have is we can sit down and go, okay, what, what is unique about you and how you want to represent that online? Mm. And we will take you there because that, that canvas, we can do anything. So from template where you can't to a canvas where you can, but that is still manageable by yourself so you don't, you know, that was often the argument like, oh, but how do I update? How do I maintain? Or do I need you? No, <laughs> you can do that yourself. 
So nothing has changed there, but we, we have complete license in delivering something really unique. And in the beauty space, that's a busy space. So standing out is essential. And headless has allowed us to do that. People will argue like non-headless can do that too. Yes, you probably can. But we prefer it in that way, again, because we can then integrate, we can do all sorts of beautiful stuff. You know, you, you may not be able to do in a, in a non-headless sense. Especially uh, in then, video, right? Yeah, video, gosh, you can, you can do anything really. It's really more about uniqueness and giving them what is really about them. So mm. yeah, I guess quite often I say to people, you know, some people go to one of the more, you know, the common clothing stores and we all look the same. And some people go to a tailor. Mm-hmm. And they get their shirt and stuff made. That's the difference. Again, because we're so visually driven, we've got that tool now, really. And I guess the capacity then to bring what would traditionally be an offline brand or a retail brand where you can merchandise stores and get that branding immersive experience in store, you can start to bring that immersive experience to the e-commerce store that traditionally is quite flat. We can extend the experience mm. and it's the same. Yeah. It's not different. Uh, it can be different if you want it to be, but you can extend it so people don't get confused. And I guess that's what we had a lot in the past, like the physical store and the online store were like <laughs> completely different Two things. different things, yeah. Um, or they didn't even match from a product perspective, so or wasn't updated or all sorts of problems. That ability to do that is, I think, I, mean, I have no doubt that's, that's where it all be, will be or where it already is. And if you're not and, there yet, you, you will be at some point. And do you think that um, there are kind of key factors with headless that convert higher? So your month-to-month growth with a headless solution, the conversion rates are higher ultimately because you've got faster page load times? And Or do you think it's a business approach? That, that I think it's a business approach. As you know, I'm not big on these sort of metric stuff. I get it. And people want to see all that sort of jazz i think having some solid foundations that you can continue to work on and grow and build and make stronger and stronger is much more important than saying oh if we do this we're going to get you know another 20 percent it's like <laughs> no, no, that's yeah that might be that might be, that may happen but more importantly what happens over the next 10 years <laughs> you know you don't know but you've got the foundations and you've got the ability to adjust and adapt really quickly whereas in the old days like website another website <laughs> yeah another website and basically by the time you you're finished you were already outdated so yes we can talk metrics and we can you know obviously we can always compare past if there was a past to now and you know we do see uptake and we do see growth and we do see you know a, a better interaction with the digital presence of whichever business but more importantly for me is always like you now have something that you can do whatever you like with yeah you know so complete flexibility and potential yeah, if you suddenly can automate a lot of your customer service type inquiries and you know, that team of 10 that are sitting there all day going, oh, now can be used in other ways mm. that help grow the business. And how, you know, you can measure that too, can't you? I think that's far more exciting than an initial, yeah, the, the quick the quick buckets, but okay, we've got 5,000 more orders or, you know, we have less abandoned carts or, because to be honest, it's almost a given and every agency in the world will talk about that. Oh, we, we get this or we get that. Yeah, that, that that's fine. That, that's, what, that's what happens. Um, the bigger picture is far more exciting for me. Maybe that's the Dutch thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think your benchmark is is uh, that you expect it to be 
performing better <laughs> after after dealing with you and having a new site launch it's going to perform better it's, it's what the future holds for the business i guess a, a really good example is our the recent project we we did for sudden folk that's not about conversion or getting more orders and all that sort of stuff the ultimate outcome of that project was just savings and total cost of ownership that alone was like wow Mm. Not only that, now we have this thing we, we can build upon with our own systems that we've developed ourselves. Um, it's like, okay, isn't that an amazing result? We're not yeah. talking about, oh, look, we've got 10% more uh, in mobile orders or whatever, whatever. Yeah, yes, that may also be interesting, but the other part for me was far more interesting. And, I mean, you are now kind of, you know, that was a big project in the utility space, which is quite a niche space in terms of e-commerce, you know, subscriptions and quite a lot of technical integration for customer and business to make a phone come online or a system yeah. come online. Do you want to talk a little bit about how you work in that type of environment? Obviously, amazing client to work with, very trusting. Um, yeah, that world is full of governance and legalities mm. and all this stuff that needs to happen before you actually can buy a SIM card almost. It's an interesting one and, and they have developed their own internal system to manage a lot of aspects of you know what needs to happen. So learning about that and then grabbing that and going, well, this is how we can do this on the site, optimising some of those things is very interesting and very unique to that world compared to, say, a beauty space where it really is about I want that you know, shampoo now. So it's a lot of scoping and understanding and working with them on what actually happens. And then there is a, a lot of testing because yeah. <laughs> everything has to pass higher levels of functionality and security and everything that comes with it because the stuff you're dealing with is, you know, it's highly secure. So it's so much bigger than a website. Mm. <laughs> and, you know, for, for our guys, they learn from that at any point so that has opened us i, I guess our skill set up to that type of environment we, we understand that bit and we can work with internal teams because quite often these businesses have their own developers and legal teams and everything that gets involved to make stuff happen and having the ability to you know i, I guess plonk yourself in as part of that team mm. to deliver a product really exciting yeah um, we're really grateful that we you know for who we are that we've been able to have a client like that and doing some work for their owners in AGL, that's really exciting for us. Yeah, I think that teams working together is kind of like Rock coming in as the expert in the e-commerce and integration space, working as a complement to their technical team and then being able to kind of balloon your team as they need it and then decrease it, right? So you're able to move along with the project size and scale accordingly. Yeah, the expert part is, is, is interesting one because because this whole technical world, there, there's so much out there. Like you, I don't think there's anyone that knows everything. So to be able to bring to the table the expertise on one particular component, in our case that's integrations and APIs, mm. and really help them with that. On their side, they've got some wonderful people too that you know, know a lot of stuff. Um, but we bring that, that little bit about, okay, well, we know, one, how to interact with that, and yeah. two, how to visually represent it really nicely. So you know, to, to be able to bring that little bit to the whole, that delivers the outcome. It's never just us or... No, when they need it. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And you know, giving them the ability to go, hey, we want to do something quickly. Can you help us? Mm. Yes, of course. We're really grateful for one. And 
and to really excite where that can take us and them. And so amongst all of this activity in Australia, you've still got plans to move into and expand into Europe, getting a bit of Dutch heritage back into yes. <laughs> yes. Um, into your yeah. veins. I need an excuse to go to Holland. <laughs> no, I guess this last 24 months hasn't been the most fun times for anyone as far as being able to move about and travel. And you know, we've all had to adapt and adjust what happened to us was suddenly you get inquiry from everywhere. It's like, well, you know, <laughs> we're really an agency just somewhere. I'm in Bendigo and the guys that are um, in Melbourne or, or in Victoria places. And how does this happen? Mm-hmm. How we get inquiry out of Switzerland? Like, you know, um, and these people, are, they want to work with us. So obviously I'm still very Dutch. Although I've been here a long time. I love my home. And I've always had the desire to go, you know what, it'd be really cool one day to have a presence there. Why not? I think we have that opportunity now to build a, a presence that, you know, whether it is from the Netherlands to serve part of uh, Europe. And yeah. we've got clients in England or the UK. We've got, we've got some in the US. So being able to service that from here from a time zone perspective is challenging. Yeah. Um, so you quickly come to this, okay, well, we're going to have to, Plonk some people around the world at some point, be able to, you know, service that part. So then why not look at expanding and growing in those areas? Now, you know, obviously Europe's a very competitive space, but I think we have a skill set of interest in people, your businesses over there. So I guess a little bit is, um, I know, is nostalgic the world or whatever the word is to, to <laughs> go back home in that sense. Like I'll never go home to live, but I do like to go home. So, mm. uh, you know, having a presence there that's like, okay, well, now it's two things to one is my family still there, two, I have now a business presence there, Iraq has as a mm. whole. And, you know, I'd love to see that happen and see where that could take us. So, you know, having a global presence in that sense, it throws up logistical challenges, I guess, and, and, and how your legalities and how you do all that. But it's very exciting and I'm sure we'll pull it off somehow. Yeah. Do you want to wrap up just kind of summarising a little bit about you and the kind of things that make you tick personally? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh, what do I do in my spare time? I love my bike, as you would expect from a Dutch guy. <laughs> I ride a lot of bike riding and in Lycra sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's why I always my family. Uh, you're spending a lot of time with the kids in the spare time. I'm a soccer nut. I love coaching soccer. I've coached a long time. My son plays, one of my sons, so I help him out. Otherwise, I just like to live, do fun things. You know, anything sport-related is always good with me. Um, skiing, obviously, I love I love the slopes. Otherwise, it's just sit down, talk, talk to friends, have a wine, have a uh, I'm partial to gin. Um, <laughs> only, only over the last probably two or three years, I've never really was a gin drinker, but... <laughs> You sort of get introduced to that stuff and you suddenly go, wow, this is pretty, pretty dumb. So <laughs> now I'm sort of into this whole, oh, let's try this one, let's try that one. But really just, you know, sitting around a table with a bunch of friends, eating good food and drinking nice stuff and just live. Unfortunately, the last, you know, obviously, eight months we haven't been able to do so. It's really frustrating. I think it's something that everybody misses in this, this whole situation. And hopefully uh, soon that is gone because I, I don't think the lockdowns or whatever are the issue. It's the, the fact that we're not socially active anymore. Mm. And, yeah, we're socially active over 
Zoom. <laughs> you know, not, nothing beats a hug or a cuddle or a, mm. you know, a good chat face-to-face. So mm. that, that's what makes me tick. And you have mm. a, a really strong team of designers and developers and I guess culture is, a, is your kind of key differentiator, I guess, in how you like to operate as a business person. Do you want to talk about some of those key cultural um, qualities? Uh, yeah, we don't have layers. So no managers, sub-managers, you know, boss, super boss, the almighty boss, <laughs> um, that kind of stuff. They're all the same. I would behave like that. I've always been like that and I understand you need to have levels of authority and that sort of stuff, but it doesn't mean you need you know, a bigger chair or a bigger desk or a bigger office. I just never sat well with me. It's very much a, an organisation where each is equal and we all bring to the table our particular skill, whatever that is, and and make it as fun as you can possibly make it. In this world now, it's a little bit different. I'll be honest with you, we have employees that I haven't physically met yet. <laughs> Which is just insane. Isn't it? <laughs> but it's just happened like that. So... I can't wait for the day that we can actually go somewhere and we can all catch up and it's like, oh, you're really not just this thing on the screen. <laughs> now that's one, really no layers, we're all the same. My mum my always used to say, just be normal, that's crazy enough. Um, <laughs> and, and that's the thing I say to my guys. I love yeah, that. Be yourself. <laughs> we have a couple of rules in our business. I won't go into all of them, but one of them is just be brave, mm. don't be scared. There are no mistakes. And if there is a mistake... Don't worry, the sun will come up again tomorrow. We'll mm-hmm. Obviously, you'll be careful and all that sort of jazz, but I think fear is the biggest thing that stops you from doing stuff. Mm. So don't worry. What are yeah. you what's, it, what's the worst thing that can happen? Mm. So quite often the guys will come with initially and go, oh, we got a problem. Like, no, we don't have a problem. <laughs> what's happening? Generally, it turns out it's not that critical. So then you know, everybody settles down and you just go, okay, well, what do we need to do? Fix it. Mm-hmm. So you'll be brave and be fearless, I guess. There's some other rules around free time. Don't work yourself into the ground, but just be productive. And that's not crazy expectations either. I don't want anyone to you know, sit there at 10 o'clock at night working on something. Yeah, there is a time that you just have to switch off. And yeah, we really try and do that all within normal hours. And the moment we start to see that some people have to work longer or harder or whatever, then we just add people. Mm. There's some, always a circumstance, obviously, where that's not possible and then we have to, but then we all go. It's mm. not just one. We all yeah. just go, okay, what can I do just to go? So that there's sort of the key ones. I'm very outcome-focused, so never is about you must clock on at 8.30 and if I see that at 5 to 5, you're not working anymore, you're in trouble. Um, <laughs> It's like, have you done your work? So that then gives them complete flexibility yeah. on how and when and, you know, as long as we meet deadlines and we meet objectives, then great. Far more about outcome than whether you sit there, you know, from nine to five. And especially in this world where people are at home, self-motivation mm. and being able to, you know, not having to rely on someone to put the fire under your bottom to get you going is very important. So all our guys are... I get, I wake up. We're very lucky. And simplicity. If I hear anyone talk academic stuff, uh, I get the shivers. Just say it in normal words. <laughs> Be normal, that's weird enough. <laughs> well, it is, you know. I mean, I think a lot of the time that is hiding behind something. Like, uh, look at me, I've, I've read a book once. Um, <laughs> and that's what it said. And I, 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 I don't know. 
it's just me. I just, I, I just doesn't resonate <laughs> with me because I think you can say the same in very normal words, and, mm. and people go, "Okay, cool, I get that." Mm. But some people just have to pop their chest and come out with this jargon or cliche <laughs> stuff that I go like, "Oh gosh." <laughs> Thank you so much, Peter. It's Thank been you. so awesome talking to you and getting all this insight and um, kind of knowledge and business and rock. So awesome chat. Thank you so nice. much. Make sure you subscribe to our channel and stay tuned for more episodes from A Moment with Modern Mentors coming your way soon.